0: Patrick Mahomes is going to start a game, and Tyreek Hill is one of the best receivers in the NFL. There's a lot to talk about, so let's talk some Chiefs, guys. Welcome to the Chief in the North podcast, the land of 10,000 takes. I am your host, Minnesota Chiefs fan, and it is... A great week to be a Chiefs fan. That's right. We're back into the great range with what kind of week it is to be a Chiefs fan. Because not only have the Chiefs wrapped up the division two years in a row, first time that's ever happened somehow, but they are additionally going – we're going to get a chance to see Patrick Mahomes for the first time all season. Everyone's psyched. I had an opportunity this week to review a ton of Tyreek Hill's film and write an article about him that basically discussed the fact that he's an utterly fantastic wide receiver, not just a really good one like we were thinking. Um, it's just it's just a great week, guys. Um, we got the playoffs coming up. We'll see how things go. I know some people are spooked, but you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the Chiefs do in the playoffs this year because they've got a few things that are different. And one of them is Tyreek Hill. And so that's going to be a major topic of uh, conversation for this podcast. This is kind of an almost an emergency podcast. I wasn't going to do one this week with uh, – Christmas and all that stuff, but this Tyreek Hill stuff got me really fired up, and then you know the Chiefs decided to start my homes, and I really want to talk about what I'm looking for, what my expectations are for that, and so I'm going to start off with some discussion about Tyreek Hill and some of the things that I found about him, um, some of the flaws in the way people seem to perceive wide receivers, some of the pushback I've actually gotten from people, and what the correct way... And I hate to say it like that. It makes me sound like a know-it-all, but what really the correct way to gauge players is, as opposed to some of the common narratives you hear thrown around. I want to talk about that, and then it's going to be all Patrick Mahomes. I want to talk about what I'm looking for in his start, um, who I think might play with him, um, just various aspects of him playing, what effect that has on the future, etc., if any. And so and then i finally, we'll close off with some mailbag questions. As always, you guys sent me a bunch. A lot of them are great. Some of them made me sad, but that's okay because that's your job to make me feel great and make me sad, I guess. So let's talk about Tyreek Hill. Um, I decided after the Dolphins game to go back and I've already reviewed every Tyreek Hill route this season. Right, it just that comes naturally with reviewing Alex Smith's film. Now, I'm not always focusing on Hill, but I usually end up watching quite a bit of him just because he's so mesmerizing to watch. Um, but I really wanted to get kind of a fresh look at him, so that's what I did. I went back and examined his film, and I also, um, due to what we saw against the Dolphins, I started asking myself, where does Tyreek Hill rank in terms of current NFL wide receivers? Where where is he in the in the in the Status of, you know, is he? Is he average? Is he good? Is he very good? Is he elite? You know what does elite even mean? All those things. And what got me thinking were two catches that he made, and one of them wasn't called the catch, but it was a catch. So what are you going to do? The first was a toe tapping grab he made down the right sideline on a deep ball from Alex Smith. The uh, the the pass itself was slightly underthrown. Well, actually it was it was underthrown by a ways because Alex got mollywopped while he released the ball. But I love the fact that he was aggressive enough to go for it anyway. Hill made a fantastic play, tapping his toes on the sideline, stopping and adjusting to the ball, making a jumping catch. It was, the whole thing was utterly fantastic. Great catch. Wasn't even his best catch of the day. You all know what I'm talking about when I talk about the catch that he made in the end zone that was determined not to be a catch. The way he controlled and contorted his body and got both feet down. It was an unbelievable catch. And seeing those and seeing the reaction people on Twitter were having to him, and not just Chiefs fans, but but analysts and non-Chiefs fans and stuff about, man, Tyreek Hill is really good. I thought he was just fast. Like, you'd see things like this. And I started to ask myself, you know, where does Tyreek Hill rate? As a wide receiver overall, how does he compare? How does he stack up statistically and what does his film really say about how far he's come? You know, we're, we're at the very, near the very end of his first full year as a wide receiver. And so I thought it would be a good idea to really just talk about how he stacks up. So I what I, what I wanted to do first was take a look statistically at him. And so what I did, because total yards don't really tell the whole story on a wide receiver. And the reason for that's pretty simple. It's so affected by targets, Um, There are some wide receivers because of the different ways different offenses work and because of how some quarterbacks are that they're going to get targeted a ton. Even if they're not necessarily open, they might get targeted and, and they just they get treated like a go to guy. Tyreek Hill hasn't been treated like that necessarily this year, at least not in every game with only 105 targets. So you've got guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who has over 170 targets. You've got Antonio Brown, who has 162 targets. Julio Jones has nearly 140 targets. Uh, Keenan Allen has over 130. So all these guys have a lot more targets. And so total yardage doesn't quite make sense. And what made me think about really delving into that aspect of it is the fact that Tyreek Hill is tied for 25th in the league in targets. 25th in the league, but he is sixth in the league in yards. And so, what that tells you is that he's more efficient. And more explosive than other players are because of that disparity. And so, what I decided to do was take a look at what yards per target told us. And yards per target tell us how efficient a player is with his yardage because that'll incorporate his catch rate. That'll incorporate how many yards he gets with each target. You know, how many times, because how often you catch it's going to affect that, right? Because if you don't catch it, obviously that's zero yards, but you still have the target. So, your catch rate is affected by that. Um, Your ability to get separation can be shown because the more contested catches that you have to make, probably the lower your catch rate is going to be and the 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 worse your yards per target is going to be. But most of all, it just shows how efficient it is to target you. And that's I'm all about efficiency when I gauge players. That's why when people talk to me about total yards for a running back, I don't care. I care about yards per carry. I care about efficiency. How often, you know, even yards per catch doesn't necessarily tell you the whole story. That's just per catch well i don't want to know what's happening on those other targets, and so that's my big thing how because yards per catch doesn't doesn't factor in catch percentage and catch percentage is part of the name of the game with wide receivers it's a huge deal, so I went back and I tracked yards per target, catches per target, touchdowns per target, and targets per forty plus yards place uh forty plus yard plays. so how often does someone get? 40 plus yards, because that's one of his things his big, explosive plays. And so I, so I want to know how many snaps need to occur before you get a huge play like that from Hill. How does that stack up to some of the best guys in the NFL? And so I wanted to stack him up against everyone because I want to see where does he stand statistically among the elite? Now, being sixth in the NFL in yards, I would argue as a wide receiver, that puts you up there in elite status. I would say the top six or seven guys in the league that's you know even if you're just looking at total yards that's elite when you 're talking about the fact that every team has at least two wide receivers that play almost every snap and usually three that play a ton of snaps and so you're talking you know out of nearly a hundred guys that get plenty of playing time, being one of the best six or seven being the top six or seven percent that's elite and so you can already get your foot in the door in the conversation there in total yards, but I want to know. Where is Tyreek Hill in terms of efficiency? So that's what I looked at. If you haven't seen the article yet, and I imagine many of you have, it's on Arrowhead Pride. I just want to delve in a little bit deeper here. And so what I found was that Hill's yards per target will sits at 11.2. That means when Tyreek Hill is targeted, the Chiefs average 11.2 yards. That's if you include, you know, You can include some throwaways in that. You can include inaccurate passes in that. When you throw the ball to Tyree Kill, you are going to get an average of 11.2 yards this year. That placed him... First among any receiver that I could find better than Antonio Brown, better than Julio Jones, better than Hopkins, Allen, Thielen, Thomas, Fitz green, um, Marvin Jones to look at another deep threat. Brandon cooks to look at another deep threat. T Y Hilton to look at another deep threat. I I even went back and I looked at Odell Beckham jr's fantastic 2015 campaign. He's 2.1 full yards behind Hill. In that category. And that's the other thing. Not only is Hill at the top of the league at 11.2, no one else is even close. Julio Jones is at 9.9. That's the next closest guy, more than a full yard behind, more than 10% behind. And so it was, I was very surprised by that. I did not expect to find him to come out tops. Now, Part of the reason for that is because his catch percentage is very high, at a little over 71%. That was also the highest of any of the players that I looked at, um, which goes to show not only is he working these deep routes, but he catches a high percentage of his passes, which indicates that he's working the shallow game, which we see that with screens, but we also, anyone who's been watching the Chiefs lately, has seen them incorporating more quick uh, ins outs, slants, comebacks, curls in Tyreek Hill's game. And because you combine those two, a high catch percentage combined with making big plays frequently, that's where you end up at the highest yards per target. As far as targets per 40-plus yards, um, and so how many plays have to go by per 40-plus yard catch? For Tyreek Hill, it's every 11.7 plays, best in the NFL at least among players that qualify here. um, The next closest was Cooks at 14.7. Then Hilton was at 17. No one else was even in the teens. Every 11.7 plays when Tyreek Hill is targeted, you've got a 40-plus yard pass play. That is unbelievable. That is so good. He's so explosive. And so what I did was I wrote a long article explaining the various things that he does that are going unnoticed by people who think he's just some fast guy. And so how I want to talk about that is in terms of the pushback I've gotten since that article came out. I've had a not a ton, but I've had some people, especially fans of other teams who are upset that their receivers came in second or third or fourth, come in and say, yeah, but he's not a true number one wide receiver because he, he, you know, he's not tall enough. You can't throw the ball up to him. Um, his route running, you know, he's running a limited route tree. Um, people have been saying that a lot since Rich Gannon said it. And unfortunately, people always just parrot what announcers say. It's an unfortunate thing. Or I've had some people say that he's inconsistent against better defenses. All of which, if you look at the film, if you go back and look at the film, dead wrong. Dead wrong. If you watch if you watch Tyreek Hill's film what you will see is on multiple multiple plays where he has a contested catch situation he wins he wins that much more often than he loses because what the what the dirty little secret about contested catches is it's really not about height now height can help but you know an inch or two isn't necessarily what changes things a couple inches what matters a lot is vertical and body control, especially body control and the ability to track the ball. You give me a, because you can have, if, if it were just about height, Demetrius Harris would be the best contested ball catcher ever and he's not he's not even close but you do have guys like odell beckham who's 6'1 who are incredible at it you don't need to be that tall antonio brown's incredible at it at 5'10 tyree Hills is probably 5'9 or so give or take but he has incredible body control and the ability to track the ball coming towards him and adjust to it his reflexes and bounce and body control are superb that's why he's great at contested catches and if you turn on the film you see that another thing you know this limited route tree at this point hill does not run a limited route tree now does is he a great route runner no he's not He rounds off routes sometimes, for sure. However, if you watch him now versus what you saw last year, it's really funny seeing the improvement. And if you watch him compared to other wide receivers, his route running is decent. It's not great, but it's certainly not this glaring weakness people make it out to be. This idea that he's running a limited route tree is very quickly blown up if you just watch the routes that he runs. Um, he, he runs, he runs pretty much the full tree with Kansas city. Now, because of the nature of their offense, he isn't running a lot of deeply complex routes, although he does do them. You can see some of the, the, the double move routes, some of these multiple step routes. He is running those. And so I guess I just, I feel free to, you know, direct someone to my timeline. If they really want to look at it on Twitter, if someone tells you Tyree kill is not, you know, is, is a limited route tree runner say, why do you think that? This is what I found. Every person that's told me that, I said, why do you think that? And actually, I had a guy say, well, I don't know. I just heard the the guys on the NFL Network saying it. I was like, yeah? Based on what? He does not run a limited route tree at this point. Point. He just doesn't, and to say otherwise is to demonstrate that you're going bit off of old information or making an assumption because he was a quote unquote gadget player coming in. So the height issue is just a non-issue. People need to let go of this idea that the NFL is dominated by six foot four receivers. It is not. Look at most of the best receivers in the league, and a great deal of them are six one or shorter. It's just a different league than it used to be. It is not reliant on guys that are lumbering down the field getting all these contested catches the best receiver in the league is five foot ten and that's if he's standing on a phone book so i mean this is just one of those it's one of those things that people say that isn't backed up by anything the final thing i've gotten for pushback from people is that tyree kill is inconsistent if you, again, if you turn on the film, if you watch, Tyreek Hill was getting open against literally every team the Chiefs played this year. He was creating separation. He was doing his job. Again, he's not a perfect player, but he was doing his job. The variance that you have in some of his stats, which isn't really that high a variance, exists in some of the poor games that Alex Smith played. Some of the poor plays Alex Smith made. Tyreek Hill, I say this without any shadow of a doubt whatsoever is currently a better wide receiver than Alex Smith is quarterback. And I like Alex Smith and he's having his best year as a chief, but Tyree kill after watching the film and looking at the statistics, he is absolutely an elite receiver. He has elite skill sets in important areas. He is, he's got elite speed. Obviously he's got elite quickness or at least very close to it. Uh, he is elite at tracking the ball in the air and adjusting to it. He is close to elite at winning contested catch situations. So what you have there, he's got good hands, not great hands, but good hands. And so when you combine those things, those are wildly important wide receiver traits that lead to him being able to win almost the majority of the time, right? And so this idea that he can't be elite is just ridiculous and based off nothing. He has a ton of strengths and really at this point, no huge weakness as a player. At this point, I would say one thing he needs to do a better job with is finding open spots and zones. However, it's impossible to tell whether it's based on coaches' orders or not that he's just told to go run his routes. In an Andy Reid offense, that could well be the case. Right now... Tyreek Hill is an elite player. Go check out the article on Arrowhead Pride. Basically it says Tyree Kill is elite and I'll prove it and I think I do. And so I did just address some of the pushback I've gotten from people today. I have yet to have someone present me a convincing argument that Tyree Kill is not an elite player that is based on his actual film and the actual production that he is putting forth. And so we're going to take a quick break and then it's going to be time to talk about the man of the hour or at least the man of this week because it's a week that doesn't matter matter outside of this, Patrick Mahomes. So we'll be right back and do that. All right, Mahomes. You guys know I love him. I've, I've talked about him consistently. Um, when Alex went through arguably the most brutal stretch of his time in Kansas City, I was calling for Mahomes to replace him. I wanted the Chiefs to draft Mahomes. I wanted them to trade up for Mahomes. I was obsessed with that dude's tape after watching him and comparing him to every other prospect. Him and Deshaun Watson, those were my two guys. Mahomes was number one. Watson was 1A. Hopefully, Mahomes you know proves me to be good at doing this. Watson makes me feel pretty good about myself with how he's done. Hopefully, Mahomes shows that I'm completely right. Man, wouldn't that be something? Because then he'd be even better than Watson was this year. And Watson played real well for a rookie, especially. Well, obviously, the Chiefs, they're locked into the four seed. They've got nothing to play for. And so in typical Andy Reid fashion, he's going to let the backups play. And that includes, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I had a bunch of people ask me, you know, who starts, who sits, and so before I even talk too much about uh, about the rest of the stuff, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm sitting a few guys for sure. Uh, Tyreek Hill for sure. I know everyone wants to see him and Patty Mahomes play together, but Hill getting hurt is an utter disaster for the team. You need him, so Hill. Kelsey and Hunt, those guys should sit, in my opinion, for sure. Maybe Albert Wilson, depending on how healthy he's feeling. If he's feeling fine, then I would be fine with him going as well. But he's actually proven pretty important in his time. So I wouldn't mind if he sat either. Um, Demetrius Harris, I'm fine with playing um, partly because you just need some "Quote unquote reliable targets, I guess, but you know for his blocking, and I just don't think he's that important to the game plan heading into the playoffs. At least I certainly hope he isn't. Uh, No disrespect to him, but he's had a pretty rough year at times. So, um, I obviously Smith out, sit Alex Smith, um, and then outside of that, I'm pretty comfortable on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I know they're saying already LDT is going to sit and Ianger is going to start, and I think that's fine. Um, But with the offensive line, the problem is you can't sit everyone because you don't have five backups. I'm guessing they'll keep Mitch Schwartz in there uh, partly to help, you know, Mahomes not die against Von Miller, but also because he's got a snap streak going, he's going to want to play, and he's a guy that's traditionally been able to play. I think he's—I don't think he's missed a snap in six years. Incredibly tough, durable player. Fisher's been playing hurt. I think it might make sense to sit him, even though that makes the job for the rook harder, but Fisher hasn't been playing that well lately anyway, so maybe getting a week off and getting to rest and recover, that might be a good thing. Beyond that, I would like to keep the offensive line mostly intact, just to let them continue to play well, let them build off what they've been doing and give Mahomes a fighting chance to do something. As far as on defense goes, not that that has anything to do with Mahomes, but I would definitely sit Houston. I'd definitely sit Haley. I'd sit Peters um, because you need Houston and Peters. Those are your two. You need those guys. I think Benny Logan makes sense to sit um, as a veteran DJ. And then, after that, maybe Ron Parker, and then it's kind of dealer's choice. Revis might want to sit, but he might want to play just for the sake of getting some reps in and getting sharp for the playoffs so anyway, Mahomes uh expectations are off the charts at this point. Um, people are wildly excited to see him play, and I've had a lot of people ask me you know when I a lot of my mailbag questions were centered around Mahomes, what am I expecting, and what am I looking for you know. expectations wise I'm being pretty cautious there you know this is the first action he's seen in 15 weeks um it's his first time starting under live fire the Broncos their defense isn't what it was but it's not horrible um although Derek Wolfe being out will certainly help um I I, you know, they've still got great secondary players and they're a proud defense. They're not going to want a rookie to throw all over them. They're just not. They're going to look to welcome him to the NFL. They're going to view it as an opportunity to intimidate him, knowing that he's the guy moving forward in all likelihood. Um, So I'm going to be looking for a few specific things from Mahomes because even though it's with backups, it is a live fire NFL game with a defense that's game planning for you. Um, with some starters, this is this is the this is the real deal, even though he won't have starters. And in fact, he's gonna have a bit of a taller mountain to climb than he normally would, because he won't have, in all likelihood, safety valves and Kelsey and Hill. I, I just can't see hit them. I can't see Reed playing them or Kareem Hunt. I just can't see it. Um maybe he does, but I doubt it. Um so uh, you can still look for things, though, because the important thing too often people gauge quarterbacks based on the over results of the game or their overall stats. But for me, what's always important with quarterback is that you look at him individually. How did he do separate from what everyone else did? So there's a few things you can look for. The first thing I'm going to be looking for is pocket presence. I want to see how he does moving around the pocket when there's no pressure and moving around the pocket when there is pressure. How does he do when things break down? Does he move appropriately? Wrapped up in this is footwork. Um, I'm not really as big on footwork as some people are, but it is an important aspect to his game in that he needed to really tighten it up a bit. He looked like he did during preseason, but pocket presence is supposed to be one of the big things that he is supposed to be an improvement on. So I'm going to be watching that to see how he moves around the pocket, keeps plays alive, that kind of thing. Not just the playmaker stuff, though, because I think we know he can do that. I want to see how he does when he's got a clean pocket. And make sure that he doesn't move himself into a bad pocket. All too often, a lot of quarterbacks, because po- good pocket presence is not that common in the league. All too often, quarterbacks move themselves into pressure. I want to see if he can avoid doing that, or at least doesn't do it as often as what we've seen Alex do. Even during his best years at Chief, that's one of Alex's weaknesses. Uh, that's one of his weaknesses. It's one of the things he doesn't do well. So another thing I want to look for with Mahomes is accuracy. I want to see how he throws the ball, how 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 it looks on short intermediate, deep, on all these things. That's going to be an important aspect to his game because Alex has been a very accurate quarterback. You don't want to take too far a step back in that regard, even if you have more playmaking. And you can gauge that without really caring who else is on the field with him. I want to see his command of the huddle. I think he'll do fine with that, but it'll be good to see how he does, making sure you just get everyone lined up right, get, you know, survey the field pre-snap, making adjustments and calls at the line of scrimmage. That's going to be huge because the big knock on him is oh he won't be able to do it now he did it a bit in preseason it'll be interesting to see how he does with a full week of game planning um, with Andy Reid who undoubtedly though he's going to be starting to focus on the playoffs already they don't know the opponent yet so I'm guessing they're going to be in kind of soft uh scouting mode for their three potential opponents in the playoffs. Um, as opposed to getting really crazy at this point because, you know, you can't just go hardcore planning for the Ravens when it might be the Titans. You just can't do it. So they're going to be more in soft scouting mode at this point, which will be an advantage because those guys, they got to prepare for their games because they need to win. Anyway, that's a whole side note. But Reed will have time to help Mahomes work on a game plan and help him recognize things. I can promise you Alex Smith will help him with that stuff too. Um, and so I want to see how he does with, uh, with, with his checks, with, with blitz pickups, that kind of stuff. I want to see how he does with audibles. I want to see how he does with reads pre-snap. Is he looking to the right spots and challenging the right places on the field? I'm very interested in that. I'm also very interested in post-snap reads, which again, much like pocket presence, is supposed to be where – that's the why you get Patrick Mahomes was because in college you could see multiple examples of him sitting there and surveying the field going from read one, read two, read three, read four, read five in a way – that most quarterbacks do not. Most quarterbacks go through their first couple reads and bail. Um, do we see Patrick Mahomes doing that? Do we see him doing it calmly, quickly and efficiently? Those are all things that you can watch for. And so again, pocket presence, accuracy, command of the huddle, pre-snap reads and checks. And then post-snap reads. So those are the big things I'm going to be looking for. And he's got just such a great opportunity here to get under live fire, figure out what he needs to work on. Who knows? Maybe he comes in and he looks like a rookie. Maybe he comes in and he looks real good. Either way, it obviously isn't going to affect the game plan for the Chiefs the the following week in the playoffs. And let me just get that out of the way. I don't see anything realistic that Patrick Mahomes could do that would change Andy Reid's mind about who to start in the playoffs. I just don't. I think Mahomes could come out and throw five touchdowns and no picks and 450 yards, and they'd still start Alex Smith. And I think that's the right call. You dance with the one that brung you Alex, despite a really, really bad midseason slide, which had he kept playing for that like that. Yeah, they should have pulled him, but he didn't. He's pulled himself out. He's playing a lot better now, so he he's des- he deserves it. He's earned it, and I hope he brings the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. So th- those are the things to look for. Um, I've had a few people ask me, um, you know, what uh, whether or not how he plays will affect the decision to trade Alex. I really doubt it. Um, even if he comes out and looks not ready, I'm guessing Andy Reid has probably already made up his mind with regard to that. Would be my guess. I, I, I think the only way the that Alex Smith isn't traded this offseason is if Patrick Mahomes plays utterly abysmal against the Broncos, and then Alex Smith goes on an MVP level tear through the playoffs and Super Bowl. And not just they they win the Super Bowl, but like where he's the reason and he is like the guy and plays at the same level he played at early this season the entire time. Then that's a possibility, even then I don't think it happens. I think the writing's on the wall with that. Um as far as, again, expectations, my expectations are tempered. I uh, I think we'll probably see a few boneheaded mistakes um, like you're bound to see from a young guy. No matter how long a guy sits, the first time he plays, there's going to be growing pains. And I would just urge Chiefs fans so often this year when I would post a GIF of, uh, of, of Tyreek Hill – Um, making a play or Travis Kelsey making a play, I almost always I'd have someone say, can't wait till Mahomes is throwing that because that's a touchdown. And what I would just tell you is, keep in mind, not every Patrick Mahomes throw is going to be perfect, including deep deep shots. I could show you gif after gif of him playing in college and slightly underthrowing or overthrowing a guy. Everyone does it, particularly when they are testing the deep portions of the field. That's just the nature of the beast. That's how it works when you are... Trying difficult throws, they're going to be inaccurate sometime because no one sticks 100% of them, not even Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, people, I think some people are expecting him to come in and be a savior. I would just tell you, just be cautious. Understand that this is a guy starting his first NFL game. However, it's a very talented man starting his first NFL game, and I think he'll do pretty well considering the circumstances. Given the fact that he's playing with uh, second string guys by and large against first string guys. I would temper your expectations for a fantastic game because talent does matter. And when you don't have the guys that the offense is predicated around in Kelsey Hill and Hunt, you're going to see a downgrade in performance. Um, I would be stunned if he didn't. So what I would tell you again, focus on him, not the overall result, but. Him? What does he do? You know, regardless of if, if a receiver drops it or whatever, did he drop back appropriately with good footwork, go through his reads calmly and appropriately, have, make the proper checks at the line, and deliver a good ball? Did he do that? Did he. Regardless of if the blocking broke down immediately, did he slide to the right spot in the pocket or move out of the pocket and make a a good play with his arm even if the receiver didn't quite get there? Watch what he does, not what the overall result is. And so hopefully I've given a few things to look for to separate his individual performance from what the team does. Again, pocket presence, accuracy, command of the huddle and pre-snap reads. Um, and then his 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 checks with regards to blitzes, et cetera, where is he looking right when the ball is snapped is he is he reading the defense pre snap appropriately and then post snap reads is he calmly going through his reads and looking to find the open receiver despite the chaos around him? Those are the things to look for and if he does well with those, man wouldn't that just be sweet guys that would make that would make this offseason one of unbelievable anticipation. All right, we've got another. We've got some mailbag questions to hit you with, but first, I'm going to take another break. Take my uh, my now traditional swig of water at the beginning of the mailbag questions because you know this is what you guys you know what you get what you pay for. You guys are paying for a very high budget uh, podcast here, and I think hearing me drink water is just part of the whole experience. So we'll be right back and do all that right after this. All right, time for some delicious water. Ah, that's good water. All right, mailbag time. You guys once again came through in the moment, and you gave me a bunch of great questions. The first one is just a terrible one from my good friend Seven Fifty Eight on Twitter. Again, he is one of my favorite people. He he cracks me up. I enjoy him. He's on Arrowhead Pride as well. He and I have act we actually I, as well as you know anyone on the internet. We go back a ways back to before I guess Arrowhead Pride had kind of blown up into what it is now, and my role had. Morphed into what it is now, um, you know, before the blue check mark on Twitter. Um, and he's always just been a hilarious guy. And so his question was keep one, cut one, Tyreek or Travis. Now, man, that's tough. I mean, that is an incredibly tough call to make. However, at this point, it's still. You keep Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. People can make arguments about Gronk, but it is an argument whether people want to admit it or not. And uh, Travis Kelsey is unique. He's uncoverable. He changes defenses completely. He's also a very good run blocker. He just does a lot of things so well. Until Tyreek Hill becomes one of the best two or three wide receivers in the NFL. And maybe he's there. I don't think he's quite there yet. I, you got to pick Travis Kelsey. Kelsey is uber talented. He is a Hall of Fame level player if he stays healthy. Hopefully, Hill can get there too. We'll see with consistency after a couple of years here, or maybe just one more year. But um, Travis Kelsey's the guy. You got to keep him. Um, and so, moving on to the next one. If we end up playing the Steelers, this is Chauncey, Chauncey Depew. Uh, if we end up playing the Steelers, how screwed are we? Um, man, I hope we're not. You know, ever the optimist, right? Um, the Steelers have relied pretty heavily on the Chiefs offense, uh, essentially crapping all over itself the last few times they've played. Um, the offensive system's a little bit different now, and I'm hoping that it'll be a little less susceptible to all the stuff that the Steelers are doing, allowing Alex to pick it apart a little bit better. I don't think they're necessarily screwed. And now they don't have James Harrison, who has been the Chiefs killer. Of course, you know, the Patriots do, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But for right now, it's a positive thing. They don't have the guy who's been the Chiefs killer. I think they've got a shot. Um. I had, so I've got uh, L. I had i don't know what your name is. Uh, L on Twitter. He asked, will Irving play? I have no idea. I think he might, though. It just depends on who they want to sit. Um, Witzman and Fulton don't strike me as guys that need to sit. They're kind of the younger guys. And Fulton, I think you need to play him because he's your center right now. Witzman, I think, needs more playing time. Um, maybe they'll try out Irving at left tackle, but... Um, I really hope they don't based on what I saw. So I guess I haven't been impressed with what I've seen from Irving. So I would prefer they keep him on the bench because I'd like to see Mahomes at least have a chance. Uh, KC asks me, I'm wondering why KC (laughs) – kansas city passed on harrison and if new england picking him up will haunt them if they meet in the playoffs i am terrified of that result i thought picking up uh harrison was a no-brainer uh, people want to talk about the limited snaps that he took this year and obviously that's a factor but it's an incredibly low risk move there's no risk involved there you pay him like seventy thousand bucks for a game and which you know in the real world is a lot of money in the nfl it's not and you see if he's got anything um Tom Mahale has done okay since he's come back. Passing you looks all right, but inconsistent. And so, I mean, you need to see if he's got anything because if he's even just a 10% improvement on 50% of the snaps, that's a huge deal in the playoffs. Every little bit counts. And Harrison is a guy who has been there, who knows how to prepare, who also has good intel on the Steelers and uh, has been part of teams that have pounded the Patriots too. Um, You know, anytime Belichick does something, you can often think to yourself, well, maybe that was the smart move. This was an obvious move because – not only would that have meant the Chiefs had a guy with almost no risk you could see if you could improve your pass rush a little bit and in case you think Harrison is completely done, go back and look at the snaps he took against the Chiefs in week 6. In 15 snaps he had a sack, a hit, and a pressure he still can make a little noise rushing the passer. He just can't drop into coverage as often as the Steelers defensive coordinator wants him to do um, and on that, on that right edge spot, that's not nearly as big a deal in the Chiefs scheme as it is with Justin Houston. So I really I, I I don't know why they didn't sign him. I have no idea. Maybe the players don't like. I don't know. I genuinely don't. But the other side of it, not only could you have improved one of your one of your positions at least potentially, but you keep the Patriots from signing him. And that's where I'm irritated because Harrison has proven to be kind of Eric Fisher's Achilles heel. I think Fisher performs better against superior pass rushers like Khalil Mack and Von Miller than he does against, uh, against Harrison. It's, he just kind of has his number. He's just that pure bull rusher that Fisher really, really struggles with. And Fisher knows it. Harrison knows it. Everyone knows it. And so that really frustrates me. Um, hopefully he's got nothing left. It doesn't come back to haunt the chiefs, but yes, that terrifies me that the, the year will end because if they play it, let's say they do a great job and they end up meeting the Patriots in the playoffs. <sighs> Wouldn't it just kill you? If Harrison was one of the, one of the impact players in that game, when the chiefs had a chance to just claim him off waivers, it could have been that easy. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Kyle asks, have you considered using some type of flamethrower in heavy snow situations? I have not, but I'm gonna. That sounds awesome. Now I just need a flamethrower but you know we'll figure out these things later. I uh I was posting about the weather earlier today cuz a lot of you who are listeners and follow me on Twitter are from Kansas City. My understanding is you guys are going through a bit of a cold snap and you know it's 1 degree or whatever, -1 or -2. So I posted that in Park Rapids at the time. Remember this wasn't as cold as it got. It was -27. We actually made it to the news cuz it was -45 the other night. And so, you know, as always, us Minnesotans We're proud of the cold. If I sound a little stuffy, that's actually why, because yeah, you know, it's cold. Um, Andrew Crocker asks how much Sue versus LDT. Did you watch and How incredible was it? I unfortunately have not had time to focus on both of them, but I have watched them on some of the run plays and LDT did more than hold his own on the plays that I watched. LDT is back guys. He is back to playing like a stud and I am excited about it. um, he he definitely is going to be in my opinion worth every penny. Uh Don Beal asks what are some of the most what are you the most excited about watching this game this weekend? I'm looking at some of the young guys, Robinson, Jehu, Aligwe. Um so I you know I I I've thought of a few of them. Um obviously Mahomes is the guy that I'm going to be most excited about. I actually with some of the other edge rushers sitting out, I'm excited to see Passanio get more snaps. Um, and be maybe in more of a featured role. I want to see how he does with that Um, because he's a guy that a lot rides on him developing next year, uh, considering the way everything else has gone down this year. I am excited to see some of the young receivers. It'll be good to see Robinson maybe get a more of a featured role. Um, I would like to see that. Peter Yadrick asks, does Hill play the first series? Um, You know, he wants to know because it would be awesome. I just don't see it. Um, you just can't risk it, I don't think. I think Hill is too important. Maybe they decide to do it to let him get a few reps. That would be pretty cool. Um, I would say, you know, not to read too much into anything, but if you if he keeps in the entire first team for a few series, that would tell me that the decision has already been made for 2018 and Andy Reid's taking advantage of the opportunity to get him in there a bit with some of the, the starters. But, you know, we'll... Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I would be surprised because those guys—they're just too important. And if one of them gets hurt, ugh. Uh, Tyler asks, "Okay, here's a hard question. I'm excited as anyone, but how many big games has Mahomes played in? Not that many, but that doesn't really worry me that much. Um, to me, it's a matter of whether guys." really fold under pressure and whether they don't. And when you watch him against LSU, which was one of the biggest games he ever played in his life, he'll do just fine. Um, Maurice Dupree asked, what changed with the run defense? It appears to be better the last few games. Is it? Yes, it is. Statistically and on film, it's better. Um, a huge difference is that they're relying more on their inside linebackers rather than pulling a safety in and nickel formations. KPL's played pretty well. Reggie Ragland's played real well. and Ray- Ragland's been one of the big difference makers for sure. He's been... A really, 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 really good defender against the run. So his emergence has made a huge difference. Um, you're also seeing a little bit better play from the defensive line as well, but a lot of it is schematic in nature and that they're attacking a little bit more. And Reggie Ragland has been a godsend. Really, what the uh really what the run defense needs. Uh Jacob Leroux asked what two positions other than QB should we pay attention to this week? Again, I'd pay attention to Passing Yo. Uh, for sure. And I would take a look and see how these some of these young wide receivers respond. Um, Conley should be back from injury next year and Albert Wilson's played well, but Wilson's up for a new contract. It'll be interesting. I know they like him, but I don't know if they keep him around. Um, especially if they go on a playoff run and his contract by necessity gets higher. Cause that's what happens when guys play, if they play well in the playoffs. Um, but I would definitely keep a look at the, take a look at the young wide receivers. Um, and yes, Mahomes is obvious, but I really passing you was the guy that I really want to see step up in a bigger position. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Eric Williams asks, if anything of note on the defensive side of the ball, you've noticed schemes, blitzes, hiding coverages, personnel groupings, that sort of thing. Um, that's a pretty broad question. Like I said, the only th- the only thing that I've seen change is uh, Sutton's been more aggressive mixing up his blitzes as of late. He's been more willing to bring in secondary pressure. I think that's a result of the secondary playing better. Now, obviously, they weren't tackling that great against the Dolphins, but the coverage has improved, I believe. And then also watching him uh, um, shift around the guys up front on pass rushing down, uh whether it's Jones, Bailey, Houston, Holly, whoever it is, moving them all over the field has been really, really fun to watch. Um Alright, I'm I'm just I'm doing my usual scrolling here to make sure I didn't miss out on any. Uh, huh. Swandad asked, what's the percentage of me doing an all 22 after the game on Mahomes? 99 or hundred percent. It's absolutely going to happen. Obviously I'll be doing an all 22 review as we get geared up towards the playoffs. I assume a lot of you are going to be as excited to read as I am to write it. And so it'll be, it'll be great. I I'm just, I'm very excited about that. Oh, and Swandad actually asked me another question. Would you take Charles back as the number two back? Behind Hunt. I think Sharkhandrick West has really worked hard and he's done a good job in the limited role that he's been asked to play. Um, but yes, I would. And I know some of you disagree about Jamal Charles, especially with some of the comments he made afterward. Um, you know, he hasn't had a big role in Denver. I don't know how much of a chance he's been given. He looked not bad against the Chiefs. Of course, then he fumbled. So there you go. But we know he's a really good pass protecting guy. Um, I I, you know, this is probably a pure nostalgia thing for me though, because he's one of my very favorites of all time, if not probably my very favorite of all time. So yeah, I'd take him back and I'd let him see if he could earn his way into the rotation. Um, but he shouldn't be handed anything because West has worked very hard to get where he's at. So that's uh that that's where I would land with that because just frankly, I love Jamal Charles. So, you know, that's that's what I've got for you this week. Hopefully you feel uh, better about Tyreek Hill than you already did. And hopefully I've given you some tools to use. While you watch Mahomes on Sunday to try to separate his individual performance from the team's overall performance and yeah that 's what I'm here for right um, it should be a really fun week it'll be it's always fun to watch stakes free football that's one reason why re-watching games is so fun for me because you take the emotion out of it it actually makes the game more fun because you can appreciate the game for its own sake and so I'm excited to be able to do that against the Broncos I hope they whoop them uh, keep the momentum they've got going right now but even if they lose because of the nature of the way they're treating it it just doesn't really matter that much so i am excited we'll see how the playoffs go i mean this is it's a good time to be a chiefs fan guys i'm really just excited to see how things go moving forward as always thank you for listening subscribe rate review do all that fun stuff for me please it helps me out I appreciate your guys' mailbag questions. I appreciate your interaction on Twitter. You guys are awesome for listening. Um, That's what I've got for you this week. This has been the Chief of the North podcast with Minnesota Chiefs fan. You guys rock. The Chiefs rock. I'm excited to watch Mahomes. I will talk to you guys about that, I'm almost certain, next week.